Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Alongside the stock market star. <laughs> physically today. Yeah. Oh, I just star. hit my volume button and like went way. I hit it with my knee. All of a sudden I'm screaming. Is this what you hear all the time from me? I'm so sorry. Great to have you with us. to me. Apologize to the listeners. <laughs> Great to have you with us this morning. 11.08 on this Sunday morning. A big win for the Gopher basketball team yesterday. They beat Northwestern uh, in overtime. I was I caught the end of the game, um, and I am more and more moving towards. <laughs> and it listen, we we have to deal in all, we deal in all or nothings, right? This is sports talk radio. This is what we do. It's either all or nothing. Ben Johnson could very easily be putting together coach of the year resume. Now he, he will not be coach of the year and, and, and they're still farther down in the big 10, but what he's done with largely the same team as last year yeah. is really impressive. And, <laughs> and I'll admit Pete, like yesterday when, when they fouled really early, which allowed, you know, they, they hit the big three to, to put them up for the first time in the game and they come back and they foul. And I think it was, uh, the uh, Bo, um, Oh, what was his name? I'll forget his name. But anyway, they foul him. He goes to the line. They end up bringing it back close, and they have to go to overtime. I remember thinking to myself, what in the world is this guy doing? Like, why is Ben Johnson telling them to foul this early? Mm-hmm. It's a bad idea. <laughs> and they end up bringing it back. But what what he's doing with this team right now, and, and for a team, I think they're seventh in the Big Ten. Does that sound about right? Sounds about right. Uh, I'll, I'll double check, but the fact that everybody, you know, I'm looking at the preseason rankings and everybody thought the Gophers were going to be basically dead last. They're winning some games. Ben Johnson is proving to me that he can coach. Not only can he recruit, but he can coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look at this team and I, I, I'm more impressed than than I expected yeah. for sure. And I and I like Ben, but I've been critical. And my criticism, I think, was warranted because mm-hmm. of what the, the production of the team was for the last couple of years. But this year, what he's been able to do with the local kid in Garcia, uh, Christy, they are absolutely uh, a much different team than anything we have seen in the previous couple of years. Yeah. They did have that losing streak, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan State, Wisconsin. But now all of a sudden you take out Penn State, you take out Northwestern. Now, now it's not like Northwestern. We're not world beaters, by the way. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's funny the fact that we all kind of go, well, Northwestern's pretty good. It's like, yeah, they're they're pretty okay. good. Let's not yeah. let's not put them up in the uh, <laughs> category of the Purdue's and they're, all the rest. They're six but, and five, so yeah, you know, they're, they're okay. <laughs> but they have played re- really well. And the fact that you know that what was really great is, and it shows a lot about his coaching and the playing. Mm-hmm. But they were down double digits against Penn yep. State. They came back. They didn't just fold up and say, well, this game's over. And they were down significantly. Uh, 
And then they come out and they actually win by quite a few, I think nine points, something like that. So, you know, I, I look at what they've been able to accomplish. They're doing things the right way. They're hustling. you you got to give them all the credit in the world. And, and, and I'll tell you, I'm, I'm impressed. I like this kid, Payne, too, because he's he's amazing. He's yesterday. an athlete. Yeah, he's, he, he's, he's fun to watch. He's got, I think he's got something almost 30 blocks on the year already or something like that. So he's. He's a guy who's doing the the dirty work, right? So you've got the dirty work guy. You've got Garcia. You've got Christie. And if they can just add just a couple of more, they, they, this is really a, a, a team that maybe has a shot to get up in that upper echelon of the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Now, that would be something special. Now, we still have a problem. We still only have where I think I, I read that we're averaging about 7,000, maybe, maybe 7,500 uh, people per game. No, they they had nine yesterday. <laughs> yeah, they had ninety five hundred in house. <laughs> if there were ninety five hundred there, though, uh, I'll eat my hat. <laughs> but you know, and I'm so spoiled because I grew up with Gopher basketball when we were always good. We recruited the entire country and outside of the country. Uh, I remember Michael Thompson coming from the Bahamas. Yep. So, I mean, we, we, we were a team that always sold out. It was always exciting. It was amazing to go there. 17,000 people there, Dave, going absolutely bonkers. And it just hasn't been the same for a really long time. But at least I feel like we're starting to move in the right direction. And if we can continue this, then then I'm, I'm going to get even a lot more excited. Right now, it's just kind of warming things up a little bit. But... Uh, but but it we're going in the right direction, and I give Ben Johnson all the credit in the world for doing something that I didn't think that they yeah. were capable of doing this year. I think we're going to find out a lot about this team over the course of the next three games, beginning with Michigan State on Tuesday. Michigan State only won ahead of them in the standings, so certainly a, a winnable game. And then Iowa after that, also now they're 5-6, and six, so that's a winnable game. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go into Purdue. Yeah. And Purdue is, is a you know, unbelievable. They're five and zero right now at home in the conference. Four and two away. They're twenty and two overall. They're probably not going to beat Purdue. Let's <laughs> be honest. Not. But the schedule is not terrible for them. Rutgers, Ohio State, Nebraska, Illinois, Penn State, Indiana, Northwestern again. They could conceivably finish, I think, here in in the top. Let's just go crazy and say three or four. They could now if this team. Finishes in the top three or four. Maybe they, I mean, I don't think they're going to make the NCAA tournament. They might make the NIT. Mm-hmm. But at some point here, and, and I know Ben Johnson's already got an extension, so I'm not saying he should get an, an extension. But this is year three. Yeah. This is, Pete, you tell me. When it comes to coaching, I always feel like year three is the pivotal one, especially yeah. in, in college, because you've got some time now. You've got your own guys in there that you've recruited. You're teaching them their systems. The fact that he's doing this in year three changes my mind on where I was on Ben Johnson to start the season because yeah. I was like, listen, this guy doesn't have it. I don't think that this is – he's just – maybe he doesn't have the right people around him. Maybe he wasn't ready for this jump. I am completely off that bandwagon. Right. Ben Johnson has it, and I like the way he coaches. I, I like the way that he gets his guys to, to, to play. They play tough. They play defense first and offense after. Mm-hmm. Some of the decisions sometimes, you know, like yesterday, that timeout and the foul – the foul rather and – you know, listen, guys are getting excited. The, the late, you know, why did they take a, a giant three at the end of the game instead with they could have probably gotten a better shot off? Mm-hmm. They're kids. Yeah. Right? You can coach kids so much, but eventually they got to do it. Yeah. I like what Ben Johnson has done this year, and I am absolutely changed on my view of him. You and I both. Yeah. I, I look at what he's been able to accomplish. I think it's a really super impressive. 
we just got to figure out, and I don't know why we haven't been able to figure this out. And so uh, I'd love to sit down sometime with Ben and find out this this question. How come we can't recruit our state better than we do? Yeah, We do okay. We do okay. We do okay, but not great. And, and Minnesota, I, I'll tell you, for the people who don't recognize this, this is not just a hockey state anymore. This is a huge basketball state. We put people into – different schools all over the country, whether it's Gonzaga and, you know, Suggs just the other night, the place for Orlando played a pretty good game against our Timberwolves and all the rest. I mean, there's Chet Holmgren who also went out there. There are kids that are going to places like Duke and, and, you know, obviously in the PAC 12, they're going out there, they're doing Gonzaga, all over the place. And we have great players. Baylor still has a lot of good ability to come up here and, and take some of our players too. So, we just have to figure out, and Ben has to figure out, how do I get more Minnesota kids? And and I'm not saying that just be pro-Minnesota, but if they're in our own backyard, we should have an advantage recruiting them. I'll tell you why he doesn't, and, I, and, I, and this is fact. It's because, one, the idea of playing for your hometown school isn't what it used to be because the, world, weird, has, the world has gotten smaller, yeah. number one. Number two, a lot of these programs, and we've talked about this on our show before, uh, they have better facilities than we do. Sure. And, and Williams Arena has charm, and it's beautiful, but when you go to some of these other schools and look at what they have for facilities, and I know that there's a new weight room and, and all that stuff, but when you look at those facilities, they're better than what the Gophers have when they play on game day. That's number two. Mm-hmm. Number three, look at the winning percentage. Right. I mean, if, if, if Duke comes into your living room with your kid or <laughs> North Carolina or Gonzaga or mm-hmm. Michigan or mm-hmm. any of these, and Michigan State – and you say, listen, do you, do you want to play for your hometown team in front of seven or 8,000? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to come to Duke right. and play against 12 and contend for a national championship and go to the NCAA tournament every year and be on national TV and maybe be, dra- I mean, be drafted by the, going to the NBA? Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Yeah. It, there's not been in the past 10 years, let's say, maybe 15, sustained success for that program. And that's the reason why guys are not. That's why it's hard. And that's why for Ben Johnson, it's an impossibly difficult task. And, I, and I'll throw in P.J. Fleck into this conversation, too. The other problem is the big elephant in the room, NIL. Mm-hmm. We don't have the kind of money that a lot of the schools that you just named have to be able to offer to some of their athletes. Yeah. And that is a killer, too. Even in Wisconsin, because Wisconsin has cleaned us out pretty good as well in, a, in both football and basketball. Yeah. And they managed to be able to get those guys. That's another concern that, you know, I think that we have to figure this whole thing out. I sure would love for the NCAA or whomever, some governing body, to come out there and, and have some kind of structural rules about NIL. Yeah. And until that happens, places like Minnesota are going to struggle to some degree, and it's going to be a lot more difficult on the recruiting of these major sports to be able to get some of these guys because, let's be honest, if you and I are coming out of high school and somebody says, well, we can get you an NIL, well, let's see, you're probably going to get fifty grand, mm-hmm. And somebody else says you're going to get two hundred and fifty grand. Where do you think you're going to go? Exactly right. <laughs> you're exactly right. It's a, and, it, and is that person even going to stay there for that long? You'll get right. your, you, might, you might go to the fifty now, right. but in a year someone's going to say, hey, come to our school, we'll get you 100000 Right, and that, that is the most difficult thing. And, yes. and Josh and I were talking about this in the break, but when you've got these players, these student athletes, and, and, and I almost have to put quotes around that, but these, these players, you, you get these guys, and all of a sudden in one year they go to the next place yeah. and the next place and the next place. How, how do you blame them? You really yep. can't blame them, and I think that's part of the problem too is 
How many transfers should you be able to do in a in a five year deal? Yep. I mean, it's I don't know. I think there's a lot of things that are questions that are good questions. They just haven't figured out good answers for them. There's an interesting aspect to this that we'll talk about next because we haven't talked a ton about it about being a fan. Trying to be a fan of your team in the NIL era. Is it even possible? We'll talk about that coming up next on the huddle. Great song. I love it. (laughs) Have you ever heard the London Symphony Orchestra play this? It's one of the best things I've ever heard, yes. They did it in The Simpsons, but I think they've actually like redone it in full at one point, uh, which is fantastic. And that is right there is all we can play of that song for language reasons. Right, I mean, like you get fifteen. I mean, it's seconds. just a bumper for this. Oh, one, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, because the words can't be played. We don't swear here on CCL. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of, well, we're not being sworn at, but we are getting ripped a bit on the uh, on the text line, Pete. So we'll run through these real quick. Uh, we're big boys. We'll we're big boys. Yeah. We're good with it. Well, Pete's bigger than me, so if you're smart, you'll rip me because Pete will do more <laughs> damage. Six five one four. No, he won't. Six five one four six one nine two two six. It is the uh, WCCO talk and text line. Let me get back to these here. Um, let's start back at the beginning. Dave, you only caught the end of the Pro Gopher basketball game. Were you watching the stupid Pro Bowl games instead of that? <laughs> yes. And then when I realized the game, I got the game time wrong. So I caught the end. I caught most of the second half. Uh, Northwestern already beat Purdue this year, and they're an NCAA caliber team. So they're a pretty good team. Someone else says, Pete, you're kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth earlier. Uh-oh. You said it was great back in the day when we recruited the nation. Now you're saying, uh, now you're saying differently. What that one's broken up. Now you're saying why can't we recruit Minnesota? Sorry, there we go. <laughs> Would you care to respond? Yeah, I'd love to. All right, so here here's what I got for you. I wanted to go back to this. Trent Tucker is he from Minnesota? I don't think so. Uh, he's not Flint, from, Michigan. Yeah, he's not from here. No. <laughs> so he's from Flint, Michigan. Mark Hall not from Minnesota either. And I was taking a look real quick. But you know who was? We had Kevin McHale. We had Randy Brewer and Ben Coleman. So you recruited the state and you go outside of the state. That's what I'm talking about is being able to get the best players out of you. And I think Kevin McHale, I think Randy Brewer, I think Ben Coleman, that's a pretty good group. So you recruited some of the best players, probably the best players in the state, and then you added some of the players from different parts of the rest of the country. That's what you've got to do. And – Minnesota is a much better basketball state than everybody ever wanted. We always know it's hockey, and it is hockey. But our basketball talent has gone up, up, up over the last probably 25 years or more. And it's it's only getting better all the time. So I think you still got to recruit the state, but you got to be able to go around the rest of the country too and yep. add something else. So um, I don't feel like that's talking out of both sides of my mouth. No, I don't either. And someone brought up um, someone else to text in and say, you want to talk about sellouts, talk about Gopher men's hockey. They already have sold out the games this weekend against mm-hmm. Penn State. Uh, this person's been a season ticket member since 1964. Uh, and I think, yes, Josh. I'd like to call uh, call out the Gophers for being frauds with that because yeah. I've been to sellouts. Yes. And there's a lot of empty seats. It's tickets This sold. is coming from a Huskies, guy, Huskies fan that I've, yeah. <laughs> Last year, a- they got so hyped up over the St. Cloud State versus Minnesota game at Mariucci being sold out. And I walked in and I literally it was a 50% filled capacity. Don't talk about sellouts unless you're going to actually play some butts Ticket and sold. seats. Yes. I remember the Vikings all, and all of their sellouts at the Metrodome looking up and going, wait a second, that level yes. 500 up yeah. there is completely empty. There's about yeah. 6,000 people short. Yeah. And to your point, Pete, on, uh, to just 
to, to go back to the recruiting regionally, which is what I think you're and, and you're yeah. saying it correctly, and I agree with you. You got to get the best that you can in the region, and then also from from your own. Minnesota hockey is different, right? I mean, the the Gopher hockey program has long been the premier program in the entire country. Mm-hmm. And so kids grow up in this state, and we are, other than maybe Michigan and, and Minnesota, the best hockey state, most hockey players in the NHL. Kids grow up in this state wanting to play for that crest because it is the best team. It, that's different mm-hmm. than football. It's different than basketball. It, you know, Yes, we're a basketball state, and we're also a football state, but we are a hockey first state. Yep. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. So. Mm-hmm. I think you. I don't think you can compare the hockey program and the other, you know the baseball, or the basketball, and the football programs. Now, over the past few years, it's gotten tougher to recruit for the Gophers because they have to deal with St. Cloud, they have to deal with Mankato, they have to deal now with St. Thomas, yeah, uh, Bemidji State, UMD, all, <laughs> UMD, yeah, all these great programs that are pulling primarily from the same area. Yeah, so it, it is very interesting. By the way, I always liked Woog when he was at the Doug University Woog, of Minnesota. The best. One of the things he said was, I want an all-Minnesota team. Yeah. I don't want to leave any. And, uh, and I, you could. And you could. You could have that. Matter of fact, when I was playing football at the University of Minnesota, uh, the only guy outside of the state of Minnesota at the time was our goalie who yep. came out of San Diego, California. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> and he was really good. Yeah. I, I just remember. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But he was a really small guy, and he was unbelievably fast. He yeah. was great in the nets, and we were we were unreal in, in hockey. I well, mean, we were the king. Up until like 15 years ago, I think they almost prime, never recruited out of the state, right? To to never, you know, and you don't have to. Like it was a it was a pride point. Yeah, we can win national championships with just the guys in the state, and that goes back to they were winning national championships, right? Football, <laughs> basketball have yet to win national championships. It's been a so while. <laughs> it's it, there's a big difference there, but I I do agree um, that it that it's 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 not apples to apples. It's apples uh, to oranges. Uh, another tag. Let's let's. Oh, John Blue was the goalie. John Blue. That's who. It John was. Blue. Yeah, great kid. Yep. He was a great kid. Someone. Uh, to thank you for texting us in on that. Uh, hi, Dave and Pete. Pete hesitated calling college athletes student athletes. I think a better term is semi pro because at least for football and basketball. <laughs> Uh, that's exactly what they are, Marty in Minneapolis. We've said that many times in the show, Pete. Well, this and and think about this, guys. Uh, for the people who don't keep up with it, why, why is that rude of me to say that they're not student athletes? No, because they're they're not. When you look at what's happening because of the fact that they've got the portal, these guys are moving around as much as they are. They're not graduating. Yeah. They're not. They're so far behind because they've left left this school to this school to this school to this school, and and before you know it, they're done, and they've got. They they are way short on credits. So you're trying graduate. to tell me when a quarterback transfers to four different schools, he's also not keeping up with his with his studies, Pete. He's probably not. Oh come on! I know there's no way, no way. I know that'll shock us all. I know. Well, his degree, uh, his, his master's in basket weaving, I think, will probably uh, serve him well in the regular world. All right, let's take a quick break, and we will come back. We will now talk about NIL and how it is ruining fandom in mm. college football. Can you be a fan of your team anymore? Some say no. We'll talk about it next. I said, Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That to you yesterday. That's I great. loved it. That's great. Is the, the, the transfer portal. So, uh, what was it? Friday night, we had some friends over for dinner, and I'm talking with my buddy. And he's talking about, you know, the college team he used to like. And he goes, but I can't even really, I can't even really like anybody anymore. No. Because, you know, you, you get attached to a player. Or, you know, ex-player, he's your quarterback. He has a great season. And then he goes away because he's going to go transfer to Alabama. Yeah. Because he wants to go and make more NIL money. And it. so I'm starting to think about this. And it makes me wonder, Pete, and we're speculating. I'm speculating a bit here. But in the long run, can this end up, can the NIL and the way it's going end up being even worse for college sports? And I say yes. And the reason why is this. You're going to start losing your fan base. Yeah. People aren't going to go to games to because they don't know the players. <laughs> you know, you look at the minor league affiliates for for you know. I think of minor league hockey a lot, and I think way down minor league hockey in towns where hockey's not big, but they still draw tickets, right? Mm-hmm. Because people know the players; they get to know the guys on a personal level because they went and signed autographs with them or saw them at a at a bar or something like that. And they go, "Oh, I like that player. I'm going to watch him play hockey," and then they buy their tickets. College football is going to get to a point, and I truly think that, I believe this, they're going to get to a point where people are going to stop buying tickets because they don't even have any attachment to the players anymore. Yeah. If you loved Ethan Kaliak Manis, and certainly everyone knows it's well publicized that I did, change my mind, <laughs> um, and now he's gone. So why would I now, – now I have to get on board with another quarterback. And, yes, I know even at its best it was a four-year term with some of these quarterbacks. But when you don't have that attachment to the individuals of the program, you're asking people to simply be in love with the crest and the logo in a time where, as we've talked about, the world is getting smaller. You can watch other teams every single Saturday if you want to. And all you really have over other programs is the guys who play for you. (laughs) And now you don't even have them for very long. I think we're going to look back on this in four, five, six years, and they're going to say this was the undoing of ticket sales in college football. It's not going to hurt TV. People still watch on television. But people, I think, they're going to stop being attached to players. Which which makes some sense because there is that sort of that feeling of they're one of us, right? They yeah. committed to be one of us and all, all of the rest of that. And it's it, it, it's really unfortunate. And it's why I've said that, you know, I, I think there should be some sort of form of restrictions. We have restrictions on everything else in life. Why wouldn't there be some restrictions on, okay, you can transfer schools, but, you know, under the right circumstances and so forth. And, you know, for instance, if your coach leaves, I think that ought, that ought to be something where you have the opportunity. If you want to leave, you can leave. But the fact that these guys are doing it for, for multiple of reasons, one, they're disappointed. You, they, the coach yelled at me. It turns out I don't want to play uh, there and all the rest of these things. They I yelled mean, at me. Yeah, he's really mean. He's not really giving me the right oh, opportunity. Boy. They might be right, but they're probably more often wrong on that. They really aren't yeah. as good as the guy in front of them, and they're just not fessing up to it. So I think there's got to be something done as far as what the portal itself means, how often can it be used. NIL money is is got to have some form of – regulatory something to keep it from being out of hand. I mean, the fact that Shadur Sanders was getting $4 million, he's driving around campus on a Rolls Royce. Sure, they started off pretty good, but then they started to tank pretty badly, right? I mean, they they weren't the team that everybody was building them up to be. And 
I think you and I, Dave, saw that right out of the gate. Yes. We're like, well, well, wait a minute now. Who, who have they beat? They beat a terrible TCU team. Yep. They beat a Nebraska team that was definitely down, and it was early in the career for Rule as the new coach coming in. Uh, and they just started going through the. And then when they finally actually got into the real season, then they found out that the, the Pac-12 actually was a better, better group than they thought. And all of a sudden it was loss, 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 loss. So I think there's got to be something to be said about what the, what the money, how it's distributed, all those kind of things. There's got to be some kind of a cap. Otherwise, you're just saying, you know what, the USC's of the world, the Texas A&M's of the world, Florida State, whomever you want to pull out, they've got the money that we don't have mm-hmm. here in Minnesota. And that's, that's the problem. And maybe that's true of a lot of other schools as well where they, they don't have the same kind of support there. But that way, if you did have some kind of cap, whatever that number is, maybe it's $5 million per school, whatever the number is, if there is some form of cap, at least it would keep it to to some sort of a, a competition as opposed to unlimited money at the University of Texas versus the University of Minnesota. Mm. I mean, it's just – it's not going to be the same otherwise. No, it's interesting. And I think, I think you can transfer once without penalty, right, and then – You'd sit out a year if you transfer a second or third time, unless they're granted a waiver. Is that right, or did that? Ch- it's so murky. I think it's murky, and I I'm think- sitting here looking at other. You know, I'm reading others, and it's like, well, wait a second. That transfer restrictions they suspend them for now for the 23-24 season. This is according to I'm reading on Front Office Sports, mm-hmm. which I'm a big fan of. They had great stuff, but um, this was back in December of last year. They, the initial or- the order. Um, going to lose it here but anyway so they've suspended it for this year so guys can transfer you're right it's it's getting crazy it's out of control uh and it is we've talked so many times on the show how it's it's ruining college football well and you know i am all for a guy getting the opportunity somewhere else if their opportunity is not at the right place bo nick's a great example of yeah that. he he was okay at auburn it didn't really go all that great he ends up going to oregon and you know same thing with Penix. he goes from indiana all of a sudden, he gets all these injuries, this, that, and the other. He decides, I'm going to transfer to Washington. That's fine. But Spencer Rattler or somebody else like that, where they've gone to four schools maybe in four years, yeah. that's when you've got to shake your head a little bit and go, is this really the way we're trying to trying to improve college football and the, and the experience? Because this is just basically a, a version of some sort of a junior's is what it's really turned into for to take a hockey term away where they're just going from school to school and we talked about this academically are they really students are they are are they really keeping up properly (laughs) or or are we allowing them just to just kind of go through the system and they're just literally a free agent that's going from from whatever school to the next school to the next school to the next school and then they're done they got no degree and they maybe aren't even a quality person for the nfl so what do they do now it's, oh, they take their six hundred and their half million dollars that they made in their NIL money and see how long they'll yeah. stretch it. Yeah, you brought up an interesting point though, and and it I, I'm kind of going down this rabbit hole here as you're saying it about a coach said I was going to play and maybe I didn't I, I didn't challenge I didn't get a chance to challenge I'm not getting a chance to play so I'm going to go somewhere else. Does this transfer deal start to force coaches to be more honest about saying, hey, listen? You're going to start for me next year. I know you're going to start for me. And then they say they had to three different guys, and then the one who does gets to start and the other two are out. But in old days, they were still stuck there. Mm-hmm. Does this? Do coaches have to be more honest now, like saying, listen, 
you're probably not going to start next year, but in two years or three years you will. I, I mean, is this a power, a balance of power swinging back towards the athletes? Yeah, I, I think I don't know necessarily that. Uh, I, I think the coaches just have to they have to adjust to what it's become, right? Yeah. And what it's become has been free agency and and the money piece of it as well. But they they can't coach the way they did when I played. And granted, I, I'm 60 years old, so well, I'm talking 40 years old. they tell you anything to get you in the door too, right? <laughs> right. They tell yeah. you anything. Yeah. But they, uh, you know, back when I played, they could say anything they wanted and cuss words and everything else. Yeah. And, and you just – but it made you a better – it sounds crazy. It made you understand, and it made made you understand a lot of different things in life about you're not just handed things. These guys now are just handed things. Yes. And I think that that will be something that uh, will be a bad thing into the future for a lot of these athletes because at 24 years old when they're finally done, or 25, or 26, mm-hmm. when they're finally through their sixth and seventh year of football, uh, then what? Right. It, then what? I mean, yeah. And and by the way, when I played, you could play five years, but you actually had four years out of five. Right. <laughs> now these guys, you know, with the COVID year and there's seven year players out there. There's yeah. guys out there that are 26, 26, 27 years old. Well, didn't, didn't uh, Cole Kramer get his didn't he end up with a master's at the University of Minnesota? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean listen, good for him. <laughs> it's great. You yeah. know, you also I think, Pete, when you were you know, we've talked about recruiting here. You wanted to play for the University of Minnesota because yep. you grew up here. You wanted yep. to play for that crest. It's yep. different. Yep, it is different. Because I'm sure you had other schools out of state who were interested in you. Yeah, I got recruited by Notre Dame and USC and Cal yeah. Berkeley and Penn State and uh, Texas and, you know, you name it. And I ended up just basically looking at the schools and saying, all right, well, if I go to Cal Berkeley, that's a great degree to have, right? I mean, it's one of the top schools mm-hmm. in the country. My dad went there. I had a brother playing there. I had another brother who played there. My dad's brothers played there. So we had ties to to Cal Berkeley, and I had originally committed there. And then eventually I just kind of wavered, and then I decided, you know what? I want to go to the University of Minnesota because this is where I've basically grown up most yeah. of my life. And I want to play at the University of Minnesota. My dad wanted me to go there because it was easier on travel <laughs> for him. <laughs> so, you know, there was, a, there was a lot of different reasons why I ended up at the University of Minnesota, and I, and I don't uh, regret it at all. But I would tell you that it's, uh, it's a difficult process that you go through, and, and everybody's going to have whatever process. They get recruited all over the country. But the reality is a lot of kids want to play for their school, right? They, they want their friends and their family and everybody to have that availability to be able to go and see them play college football. It's great. I mean, mm. it's, it's definitely one of the greatest experiences that people can have in their lives, I think. Well, we've gone almost the entire show without talking about the Super Bowl, so I think it's probably time <laughs> to switch gears here to talk about the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs, the San Francisco 49ers. I was, and we'll do. We'll take a quick break here. But as I'm looking at some of the storylines, one of the things that I that I keep coming back to, and I see Andy Reid's name popping up, and I wonder sometimes why he isn't talked about as much as being one of the NFL greats. Yeah. Why doesn't he get the respect that he deserves? I have a theory, and we'll talk about it coming up next. <laughs> What in the... I am not talking about Taylor Swift until next week. <laughs> oh, is that... <laughs> because so I have a very strong theory about this, and I have nothing wrong with her or what she's been for the game. I have a theory. We'll save it for next week. Super Bowl Sunday's a week away. Chiefs Niners. Chiefs Niners. So Andy Reid is one of ten coaches with two Super Bowl wins. He's going for his third. If he does get his third, he's tied with... 
Joe Gibbs, Bill Walsh for, with three. Chuck Knoll has four, and Bill, Pel- Bill Belichick is at the top with six. Hmm. But I don't know why Andy Reid does not get the respect that he when you when you ask people the best coaches in NFL history, I would venture to guess very few people say Andy Reid. I think I agree. And my guess is because my theory is that most people think the only reason he's won these two Super Bowls is because he has had Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Mahomes is probably the reason he's won <laughs> two Super Bowls. But Bill Belichick <laughs> had Tom Brady, Bill Walsh had Joe Montana, yep. Joe Gibbs had Joe Theismann, and uh, uh, Doug, um, oh, he was a Grambling coach, Doug Williams, thank you. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and Chuck Knoll had Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, I mean, greats. pretty good quarterback. Yeah, so, so, Pete, why? <laughs> why is it that Andy Reid doesn't get, I think it's because of his quarterback. Yep. Which really isn't fair because everyone else had great quarterbacks too. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's the uh, the Waffle House menu menu that he holds on to with those <laughs> games. I, I don't know. I I'm a guy who who loves him. I, yeah. I think I think the world of who he is as a coach. I think he did a great job of forming the coaching staff that he's had, uh, especially with Kansas City, but also at Philadelphia. His defensive coordinator, I think, does an absolutely great job. Yeah. You know, it's one thing about the Kansas City that doesn't get enough credit is, yes, Patrick Mahomes and that offense are incredible. They got a good defense, yep. and nobody really ever talks about the defense all that much. But they've got, and they've done a great job in free agency and drafting and everything else to be able to build the defense that they've got. I, I really think the world of his ability, Andy Reid's ability, to see these kids because they're kids when they're mm-hmm. in college, to see these kids and and find the right people that fit what he wants to do. And I think that's that's been a very very important thing. And let's remember, I mean. Okay, name me a receiver right now off the top of your head. You know, it's one of those things where Pat Mahomes and then Kelsey, but who else do they have? Else? Well, they got Pacheco. He's a kid out of Rutgers or yep. whatever. Who else? Who thought of him as a running back that would be great in the NFL, yep. right? I mean, I think his ability to to analyze these players and find the right fits for the Kansas City Chiefs has been incredible. So I actually think he's even a better coach than we think he is from that perspective, too, because well, he, his yeah. analysis. Yeah. And he's had to deal with probably free agency a whole lot more than some of the right. coaches back in the day. For sure. But, you know, you're right. It's a novel concept. You get players that match your system. Yeah. And his he does. He did it in, in Philadelphia when he had Donovan McNabb. And he I think that organization has realized that as long as we have a guy named Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> our running back doesn't have to be amazing. Uh, our receivers just need to get somewhere where he can make a play and get in the ball. And you're right, the defense has been stellar. But I, I just I don't know why people don't buy into what Andy Reid's done because he's right. done it now with two teams, and he's had success with with two different teams. When you look at some of these other coaches, they haven't. You know, Belichick hasn't had success with another team. He's had one. He's had one, one team, team of success and one quarterback who. <laughs> and that's what we learned. Yeah. That's what we've learned that Bill Belichick without Tom Brady yeah. isn't the same Bill Belichick. Makes you wonder. And now we're really learning it because last I checked, he doesn't have another coaching job. No. And it may not be just be, his personality might have something to do with that. <laughs> his age, too. May, yes. Age, personality, How old all is he? of that. 72 or 72. Like so that. Reed, I think, is 66 this year. Yeah. So, But, you know, Bill Walsh was was successful he, with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Who else? Yeah. Was he was he successful? Chuck Noll with the Steelers. I mean, Joe Gibbs with the Skins. I don't – when I think about these coaches, 
they only had success at one stop. Yeah. And I'm not – I get it. I'm not old enough, and I don't know the history as much as everyone else because I'm sure I'll get um, a tweet or a message that says, this coach <laughs> also coached here and, play, and, and was good. <laughs> but Andy Reid's done it. Two different places with two different teams. And he has happened to inherit two really good quarterbacks. What I like about Andy Reid, though, is he, he is a coach who's willing to listen. Yeah. You don't see a lot of coaches like that because ego does play a big role for a lot of people, whether it's the quarterback or the head coach. You look at what he's been able to do, and he's he is a part of all these creative plays because he's willing to listen and yep. do it. And you and you got to respect the fact that that offense loves Andy Reid because he's willing to say, all right, guys, what do you got for me this week? And they come up with some crazy play. You know, yep. they line up funny. They do a bunch of crazy motions. And the next thing you know, they do something, you know, that's spectacular. A lot of coaches don't want that. A lot of coaches don't don't have any tolerance for that at all. They're like, hey, look, you do your job. We'll do our job. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Andy Reid's like, what do you got for me? Yeah. Let's do it. And he's kept a locker room happy, happy with a lot of guys who want to be the guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, now they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore, but when it was when it was Hill, when it, and now it's Pacheco and mm-hmm. uh, Mahomes obviously is is wants his money and got his money yep. well deserved to keep that many egos happy. Oh, can you imagine? It ain't easy. <laughs> it's it's not. not easy, man. No, it's not. And I think. I think he's done a really terrific job with, with what he's done. They lose Tyreek Hill. Everybody thinks, well, who's he going to throw to? Right. What's left now? And now they, they got other receivers. Yeah. So it, it is something really special to see how he's managed egos. Yeah. That's probably the biggest, toughest job as a coach, I think, that, that, is, that exists. Not dissimilar to what Brad Lane does for our radio station. Right. Look at me. all the egos. I mean, look at Josh over you there. Know, right Josh, now. me, you, Jason DeRussia, <laughs> Dan Cook. I mean, massive egos that Brad Lane, thank you, has managed. I appreciate that. All right, well, well uh, it's been a fun day. Nice to be in studio with you both. Yeah, it's great. There's it's great. Uh, some giant fireball in the sky. I think it's called a sun. <laughs> it is shining over the world today. Enjoy your Sunday, everybody. We will see you next week. It's Super Bowl Sunday. We'll probably talk a lot of mm-hmm. Super Bowl next week and maybe even some Taylor Swift in there, too. Probably some Swifties. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs> talk to you next week.